James. Raph. You strike me as the creative type. Oh, look, I'm, I'm prone to a flight of fancy from time to time. The most important thing about creativity that I've learned is how do you manage it productively? Right. How do you take the burning fire in your soul mm-hmm. and like direct it towards like productive pursuits? Collaboratively. Collaboratively, right, sure. Working with other people to yeah. like create something bigger than yourselves. Yeah, exactly. And then if you were to do that, how, what would you value it at? Um, a trillion dollars. Well, Adobe didn't pay that much. Okay. They value it at 20 US. $20. No, like when we're saying numbers on down round, you have to assume it's billion. Oh, okay, cool. At, at any time. Yeah, and that's to you, the listener, too. If we say a number, you have to add nine zeros. That sounds right, yeah. <laughs> yes, Adobe, one of the most hated companies on the planet. I would say more hated than oil companies, more hated than arms dealers. Yeah, uh, tobacco, big tobacco, big pharma. More, more hated than any of them. Lawyers. Oh, Say no more. Has bought a a little design software called Figma mm. for twenty billion dollars, which immediately makes it one of the biggest software deals of all time. I'm mm. pretty sure it's in the top five. Yeah, which has rocked the design world. So a little bit of context: Figma is basically a collaborative design tool. They've got a few different little bits and pieces that goes into it, but it's basically for designing software and interfaces and websites. Yeah. It's not coding. It's the the graphical user interface. It's the graphical side of things, and it's quickly become almost ubiquitous. Mm. It was only founded a few years ago, but it's if you have a friend in your life who works on you know, web design or app design, ask them, tap them on the shoulder and say, do you use Figma? Very high chance that they do. Yeah. It's become really integral to a lot of organizations. And one of the reasons that it has is that it's very, very pleasant to use. Yeah. If you're a graphic designer who's familiar with the Photoshops of the world, you can pick it up. Hey, it's easier than Photoshop. And it's very intuitive. And you're designing kind of, yeah, app UIs and newsletters and that kind of thing very simply. And you can very simply then pass it on to whoever you're like a dev who can see all you know the padding numbers and blah, 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 and very quickly reproduce it in code. That's right. Um, they've also got a tool called FigGem, which is kind of like a collaborative whiteboard tool yeah. that lots of organizations use now. And this is also one of the key things. It's collaborative. Unlike Photoshop, you can have multiple mouses floating about. Floating about and doing stuff all at the same time. Really easy to get work from one person to another. It's all in browser. They're really knocking out of the park. Anyway, so Adobe, which you may know as the company that offers the creative suite, which has everything like Photoshop, Illustrator, Lightroom, among others, and also Adobe Reader, PDFs. Um, (laughs) Just listing off things Adobe does. But um, they, unlike Figma, have a series of like basically dinosaur-like applications. What, What Adobe basically is, at the end of the day, it's almost not even really a software company. It just like kind of just collects rent. If you are a creative... You kind of need to have the Adobe Creative Suite. Yeah. It's sort of compulsory. And yes, Photoshop has been the standard for decades now. Uh, that's kind of like powered their business forever. They were one of like the very first companies to really make a huge bet at scale on subscriptions. Mm. 
back when it was kind of like still a bit weird. They used to say, so you're more of a creative designer type than I am. Thank but you. I, <laughs> but I seem to recall that it used to be the case that a new creative suite, new Photoshop, whatever, would come out. And I don't know what the cadence was, like once every- Every few years. Every few years. And then you would pay like a thousand bucks basically to get to get the whole suite. So you, you were up for that. But once you bought it- CS5, you could, CS6. You would own that and then you could use it however you wanted. But in 2013 or so, they made the pivot to a subscription offering. Which was revolutionary, as you say. Yeah. No one had done that at the time. Everyone was very pissed off. Everyone yeah. was still in mindset of, I buy software and I own the software. But as a result, they've basically turned into, as I said, a company that sort of just like absorbs rents. So like, again, if you're creative, you, if you're working in the creative arm of a business, they've got to pay Adobe to get all this stuff because it's the standard. Everyone uses Photoshop files. Yes, there are alternatives. Like I used to use, I mean, my use of Photoshop is pretty minimal, just like making images for like my newsletters and things like that. And when I was in the media, like making header images for posts, I used something called Pixelmator, which was only like 20 something bucks mm. and it was fine, but I'm not a professional creative. I couldn't get away with that forever. <laughs> if you're proper and that's your job and you're like fully into it, you've got to have access to the creative suite. So a lot of people are actually quite mad at Figma for being acquired. Well, because as you say, the thing with Adobe is they're incredibly aggressive and incredibly annoying. In order to use Photoshop or Illustrator or anything nowadays, you have to install on your computer the Adobe Creative Cloud, which is really intrusive. Anyone who's you know, looked at your uh, performance monitor or whatever they're, what's the, I don't even, I still call it controller delete, even though those are yeah, activity monitor. Activity on a monitor, yeah, yeah, on a Mac. But, you know, the Windows controller delete is like yeah. still ingrained there from decades past. You'll see a bunch of Adobe things running in the background totally. at all times. It, it basically installs like a fuckload of like spyware in your computer just to run it, which just like sucks up your processor. And, and then if you want to save anything in Photoshop, it will default to saying, yeah, we'll save this in the, Adobe Creative Cloud, which no one wants another frigging file storage platform yep. like Creative Cloud. And you say, like, don't save it there. It's like the saving experience, it's like mouse jacking, right? Like, it's really annoying when you go to a website and the website does things with your mouse that you're yep. not used to. It's a violation. It's a violation. With Adobe, if you press save, it takes you to all its own UI for yep. how it wants you to save it. You try, you have to find the button to get out of their UI. So you're back in your Apple UI. Even then it's yep. only allowing you to save Photoshop format. So you have to do like save a copy and open up a new window again. It's yep. That's the company MO because obviously they want you using Creative Cloud because then you're going to max out your data. So you have to upgrade your Creative Cloud data, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can tell the RAF is actually uses this software on a regular basis. Well, this I'm, is why people are pissed off that I'm, Adobe has bought Figma, which I'm, we were just saying is delightful software. I'm cool and collected about this as someone who never has to use any of these pieces of software. Yeah, and, and Figma, in, by comparison, was a breath of fresh air. Breath of fresh air. There was a, um, a lot of like the news reporting on this has a kind of called, oh, Figma's like a Photoshop killer. It's not really. No. It only does like a really narrow set of ties. What, what's the- XD. It- uh, Adobe have XD, which is kind of their version of Figma. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was literally only a few months ago that Adobe announced that they were launching Photoshop like in the browser where you could just go to a website and use Photoshop inside like Safari or Chrome. It's a long way behind like Canva. Be- behind and- anything basically. Yeah. So as a result, a lot of people were mad, but- you know, it's kind of hard to get mad at Figma for accepting oh, no. a $20 billion offer. And this is the thing that people are kind of like um, going wild about. So here's like a, just to give you a sense of what a crazy price tag that was. So back in 
the before times, back in 2005, Adobe bought Macromedia, which was the company that made Flash. You might remember Flash as the software that kind of like ran everything that happened used to happen in the browser in terms of like video and animations, all that kind of stuff, before it kind of got built into the internet standards. They bought Macromedia for $3.4 billion back in 2005, which was a huge deal. Macromedia was making about $370 million of revenue annually back then. Figma makes about that same amount. They make $400 million of revenue a year. And uh, Adobe has paid $20 billion for it. Well, I mean, Facebook bought Instagram for $1 billion, famously. Amazon bought Twitch for $1 billion. Yeah. And now this is $20 billion for something that, like, most people will have never heard of Figma. Obviously, designers know it very intimately. Most people don't. And it raises the question of, like, why they spent that much money for it. And it kind of, like, part of it comes down to the fact that it's, like, A- Adobe probably sees the future of their business in the way that Figma does stuff. Yeah. And they've made lots of assurances that it's like, oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna intrude. We're gonna let them run their own show. Yeah, bullshit. I'm sure that was built into like the contracts to some degree. But also same, same as Meta and Oculus. Yeah, totally. Then the the other side of it is kind of like how much is Adobe willing to pay and and like suck up in terms of revenue to like preserve the rest of their business. Cause it's kind of like you got the vibe with how much people love using Figma, that one day Figma would get kind of like too big for its boots and start like really encroaching on Photoshop's territory. Yeah. You could see them in the future being like, we're releasing like a Photoshop copy that, that works just as like well, They nicely. wouldn't even need to. They, they just need to just keep expanding, yeah. like adding features and adding features. I can kind of see it because it's built from the ground up with collaboration. Like that's the key thing. Yeah. I can imagine that Photoshop would be very hard to integrate collaboration into. It took Microsoft Word, which is far simpler, word processing, like a long time to copy Google and allow multiple people in in a document and like put it on the cloud. Multiple people in a photo, it feels like you have to build it from the ground up basically. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, which Figma have done from day one, right? It, it's yeah. super integrated. It, it's super collaborative. Yeah. It's also interesting, I think that, yeah, as you say, like this is very clearly like Figma is direct competition of Adobe. Yeah. Seemingly, they're just going to be allowed to buy it. In the meantime, I mean, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I've admitted that I am, haven't I, before on this? You, I you am a lawyer. Said you are. Yeah, yeah. I am a lawyer. But everyone's scrutinizing Amazon and iRobot and Roomba. Like, should Amazon be allowed to buy the vacuum cleaner company? Yeah. Not to, once again, sound like a an Amazon shill. Well, which, you're coming across that way, mate. <laughs> which we've been accused of. Yeah. No, come on, mate. You know, MUA here to stay. But anyway... um. That's being scrutinized heavily by antitrust regulators in the United States. Yeah. But this is seemingly just fine. Well, I actually think that they probably will get slapped. It was just announced. I'm pretty sure there will be scrutiny on this. And I, I reckon there is, and I've read some analysis that suggests like it is a fairly substantial risk that they could get some antitrust attention, which I think is, which is completely fair. Yes. It's like, you know, if given Adobe, as, we, as we've said before, is a very aggressive company mm. and they're very good at making their products sticky in all, kind of, all kinds of ways that are, are basically unethical or like make the experience absolute dog shit for the average person using it. Yeah. And for them to just like throw their weight around and keep buying out anyone that looks like they're going to possibly offer the, the ability to, to do things in a different way. It's interesting. But there's obviously a few products coming up. Obviously, the, the other elephant in the room is Canva. Yeah. Who just Home, homegrown heroes. Indeed. I'm sure there's plenty of people at Canva look busting out the calculator right now. Yeah, potentially. 
I do wonder what, what the go is there. But Canberra have done very well and they have kind of like quite smartly been like, all right, well, there's a there's a tier of creativity where you need a designer using Photoshop, but there's a whole range of people who either don't have access to a designer or don't want to pay for a designer yeah. who would like to make like nice looking documents. Yes. Any business that has a social media page that can't afford to hire a designer. Uses Canva, basically. Yes. And like there was when um, Melanie Perkins, who came, was at the University of Western Australia, whatever, her whole like reason for forming Canva, she was like, why do I have to like spend years learning how to use Photoshop just to make something that looks kind of nice? Mm. And that's why she made it. And now they're kind of colonizing the that lower end of the market. Well, they announced shortly after, they had like CanvaCon or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what the name of it is. Yeah. But, but they've now announced Google Docs equivalent. Yeah, totally. All these other products, which some of them are very interesting. Like we were talking in the um, AI art thing about how AI art will kind of be like a feature of, I think I said like Illustrator in the background. But totally. Canva are already integrating AI a generated art into yep. the Canva product. And it's, it's a no-brainer, yeah. it's That's a fantastic product. But like all of these businesses, one of the problems with these insane valuations, like the same thing was true of Dropbox. Dropbox can't just be a file-sharing company, right? Yep. Like in order to justify the investment that's gone into them, they have to also have Dropbox Docs and Dropbox Spreadsheets. Keep, and keep building up they and have to offering be the, new stuff. Yeah. The everything app and chat and like yep. they have to be the everything app in order to justify these huge valuations. And my fear with Canva is like they could be a fantastic, easy-to-use photo editing, but also they're moving into video and animation makes perfect sense. But like docs as well, like and they're moving into these kind of worlds where it's like, is a business going to be not using, you know, yeah, Google it's... Drive, not using Microsoft Office, they're just using Canva? Yeah. Cause, I mean, the way that they've pitched it is like, I don't think Canva thinks that they're going to be just like a word processor. Their kind of thing is like, we want to apply the same thing we've done with designed images or whatever two documents. So if you want to make like a sexy looking document that looks like laid out by a proper designer. Yeah. Rather than just like Which a lot of people use Canva for. They use it for like uh, presentations or whatever. Yeah, totally. And so they were like they're betting that that will work and maybe it will. The thing that um and a few people have commented on this I think it's really interesting is it kind of feeds in with all this Canva stuff and all the um Figma stuff is like Figma you would think that Microsoft Office would be the easiest thing to disrupt as compared to like Photoshop. Photoshop yeah. is really sophisticated. It's a really complex piece of software. They have like 25 years worth of like research into building it versus like Microsoft Office. Surely someone has figured out a way to do Excel better, right? Yeah. And it, the opposite has played out because Google, what's it called, Google Sheets? Yeah. Is, I mean, it's nice for when you want to collaborate and whatever. But, like, Excel is still the king. If you're, like, a guy who works in finance or whatever and you've worked out how to build, like, crazy little applications in Excel or weird calculators or It's effectively models, programming. I mean, there are- It's how, programming, yeah. How yeah. many literally deals worth hundreds of billions of dollars have fully been run via an Excel spreadsheet? Yeah, totally. It's one of those things where, you, like, you would think Google would be able to find a way to make sheets- kind of do that, but they haven't. Excel is still top dog, can't be unseated. And it's really funny to watch like Photoshop instead, which what you would think is a more complex um, platform get challenged from all these different directions. Because Excel doesn't really need disrupting. Like Excel is very usable. That's the whole thing with Photoshop. It's yeah. a steep learning curve. I was kind of brought up on Photoshop from yeah. 
cracking it basically back in the day. Yeah. And my good friend goes by the musician name Joyride. He was a gun at Photoshop on the phone. Like it was, I think it was called Photoshop Express. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. was that the new one? Was that Whatever like the old f- one was. Was that like their first one on iPhone or whatever? Yeah, their first one. They've gone through several iterations. He was an absolute gun at that. And I was like, oh, man, you should, you should really just try Photoshop. It's easier than the phone. And he was just like, what the hell? He could not work it out. And fair enough, because like immediately I was like, oh, no, you've got to rasterize the image. He's like, I've got a what? <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so unintuitive. What was he doing on the phone? What was he doing? Yeah. Memes mostly, right? Memes, Just cutting yeah. images out and putting them on different backgrounds. You know? That's it's the heart, it's the fundamentals of comedy. Yeah, like cutting out a face and putting it on the top of an animal, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and to think that like our kids are being denied that because they can't figure out Photoshop makes me sick. 